Good morning. Good morning. How are you? This is Dr. Brenda Shoshana. So so happy to be here with you and sharing the next episode in our podcast, Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And here we are again, another day, another podcast, same life, (laughs) or maybe brand new life too. Every day new, every moment new, watching and living it in a really fresh way. Let's hope so. Anyway, the title for our podcast for today is Thank You, This Suffices. Wow, this suffices. That's actually a phrase from the Lojong teachings, and it means thank you, this is enough. I've, I'm fulfilled, I'm grateful, I'm happy, thank you. This is enough. My goodness, when and how often are we actually able to say, this is enough. I'm full. I'm satisfied. That's a big word, satisfied. Mm. And I give thanks. Actually, the world as we know it, the inner world and the outer world, is ruled, it seems to me, ruled by some fierce hunger hunger, hunger, hunger. And this hunger, of course, develops very quickly into greed, which is considered one of the poisons in Zen, greed, anger, and folly, or delusion, the three poisons. So actually, we're talking about the poison of greed, hunger that cannot be satisfied, that gnaws away at us. And oddly enough, Sorry, when we do get what we want, what happens? We only want more of it. For instance, if we fall in love, rather than feel content, what do we feel? Well, most of the time, we want to be with that person more and more and more. The better it is, the more we want of it. Rather than actually feel content for a long period of time, we crave the person or the experience more deeply. We want to hold on to it. We want to repeat it again and again and again. You know, if we have a meal that hits the spot, we return to that restaurant (laughs) again and again. And when we come to the end of our lives, many cling to each moment, wanting more time, wanting to go back often and revisit other parts of their lives once again, wanting to redo them again and again and again. Or when someone that we really love dies or leaves, we go through the same thing, the same thing. No matter how much we received, it's not enough. (laughs) There seems to be a deep dissatisfaction that dwells within us. Why is that? And by the way, I think... That's what Zen practice itself addresses. It's come here to deal with this, this very deep dissatisfaction. The feeling like, hmm, that's not enough. So my question, or a very good koan would be, when is it ever enough? When are we full and complete and able to really say, thank you, this suffices, it's enough and let go, and move on to whatever is next. When can we fill this gnawing hunger and discover 
what it is that we are truly hungering for. That's such an important point, such a vital primal point. What are we truly hungering for? How much of our lives actually pass without our ever being there for it, available to it, to our lives, to maybe what's we're really hungering for is right here and we're just not aware of it. We're not tasting it. We're not touching it. The question becomes, have we actually received our lives fully as we live it and given thanks for it as we go along? You know, one of the most powerful practices and actions we can take is giving thanks, honestly, from the very bottom of our hearts, no holdbacks. No, well, I could give you thanks if it was just a little different or if this had happened, then I'd be satisfied. But there's always something not quite right, something missing. That's not the kind of thanks I mean. I mean real gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. We'll give thank you if the person meets our needs, fulfills our demands, looks the way we want them to look, acts the way we want them to act, but is there a deep thank you just for who they are and what they've done? Not only is that thank you from the bottom of our heart fundamental, but it's really one of the most healing things we can do, and it's also one of the deepest ways to know that we're not missing our lives as it proceeds breath by breath, day by day. You know, there is, as you know, I love to integrate these teachings with our lives, really practice them, make them real. It's lovely to listen to a podcast or to listen to anything, read a book, hear beautiful ideas, but then the question comes, how do we live it? How do we make this real? How do we actualize it in our everyday life, wherever we are, not in a practice place necessarily, not in a temple, not in a monastery, right at the right at the supermarket, right at the nursery school dropping off our children or whatever we're doing. How do we make them real? How do we see those places as places which they are? The supermarket, the doorman downstairs, the guy driving the bus. How do we make our practice our thank you? real right there. That's the very big and important question. Now, there is a very beautiful, beautiful, simple, but very powerful practice called Nikon. That's an offshoot of Zen. It's actually a form of Zen practice, a different, slightly different form, but the same thing. And this practice does come also from Japan. And it's a manifestation, not only of Zen, but of It is the living spirit that we all truly do yearn for, this practice of Nikon. Very easy, very direct, and very powerful. And it has the power to quickly turn things around right there on the spot, right at the supermarket or wherever we happen to be. Let me, I'd like to take a little bit of time to describe the Nikon to you. Um, a Nikon session or sitting is considered about a half an hour. Of course, you can adjust this to whatever works. And during that session, we just ask ourselves three simple questions. And we write down the answers. We write it down because if you just do it in your mind, it can easily fly away. 
It becomes vague. We write it down, we ground it, we look at it, we return to it. And these questions are, what have I received today? That's the first question. What have I received today? Question number two is, what have I given today? Beautiful. And question number three is, what trouble or pain have I caused? Now, we don't ask what trouble or pain that I've caused in order to call, to create guilt and remorse or to beat ourselves up. Not at all. Just the opposite. That's not the purpose of the question. The reason we ask the question is our minds are constantly wired to think about what someone has done to us all the time, what they've done wrong, how we've been hurt. This question turns that around. What have I done today to cause somebody trouble or harm? And what does it mean to cause someone trouble? Maybe you've asked the waitress to go back three times and to change your meal. Simple things. Maybe there are many, many, many ways. That's what they're talking about. And maybe you've caused harm. If so, it's not about beating yourself up with guilt, which really does no good. All it does is make you feel awful. This is a very practical, practical exercise. What you do is you notice it, you see it, you acknowledge it, and you correct it right away. You apologize, you give the person a call, you write a note, you find a way to balance the scales. I'm so sorry. I'm, I, did I do this or that that might have caused you to be sad or harmful? If so, I'm sorry. Or, or any other way that you personally feel would be appropriate to acknowledge that and clear it up so it's cleared up. Boom. You're not carrying remorse and guilt. And it's cleared up. And you're becoming more sensitive and aware so that it won't happen again. You know, usually, again, our minds are always wired oppositely of these three questions. Usually we think about what we're lacking and needing all day long. We, many of us think we're giving so much and we're, re we're receiving so little in return. Many people feel that. They feel, oh my goodness, I'm giving, 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 and nobody gives anything to me. That's a very common cry. But actually, <laughs> the opposite is usually true. We take very little notice of what we are receiving hour by hour and what we truly give each day. And as I said before, most are oblivious to the many ways they do cause pain or trouble. So this process of Nikon turns that all around. As we calmly stop and notice the endless ways in which we are receiving and write them down, a sense of gratitude is naturally going to bubble up, just naturally. And we can write many things down. Oh, I received the most delicious breakfast. Yes, wonderful. Oatmeal, bananas, blueberries, whatever. Or, oh, I received such a beautiful smile from the doorman on the way out of my building today. It lifted my heart. Normally, we don't notice something like that. We just pass it by or we take it for granted. Here we stop and notice it. A thank you will, of course, arise naturally, and more than a thank you, when we actually look carefully, write down what we're giving back in return, it may come as a shock, <laughs> it usually does, to see how much more we receive than what we actually return. And as we do this, what happens again is the desire arises to give. And we're looking, finally, for little ways in which we can give back or just give 
we there's an innate desire to balance the scales. So this is so powerful to do this. What did I give today? What did I really receive? And again, as I said, this third question, how did I cause trouble or pain? Is it, they say to spend most time on that question, again, not to cause guilt. This is to become aware of others, aware of how you affect others, or become more sensitive to how others are reacting and receiving their life and what's going on for them. Actually, I heard that the man who was a doctor in a Japan who discovered and practiced this Nikon practice, he would go around doing it all over. It was so powerful and so healing and so wonderful. And many people even became healed from illnesses doing this deeply. I mean, he would do it sometimes for hours every day. There are people who even go on seven-day Nikon retreats. And you can do Nikon also on a relationship. It's a very, very wonderful way to work on your relationship. You do three years at a time, or one year, whatever works for you, and you ask yourselves the question, what did I receive from this person? Write it down. Dwell on it. Take it in. Of course, we don't ask ourselves if we offer thanks, but you might become moved to do so. And what did I give this person? And what trouble or pain did I cause this person? It's very, very illuminating to just dwell. It's a, it's a form of meditation upon this. And relationships really, really, really will shift as you do this honestly and deeply. The other person doesn't have to do it too. It's nice if they do, but it's not necessary. Once you do it and you see things, it will shift the way you feel, the way you respond, what you demand, what you need, what you give. It's a very beautiful practice. So I wanted to say that in these days of rabid, upset, demands, pain, everything, doing this, if we, as many people as possible, to do this simple practice, even for a short time each day, will make a huge difference, not only to you, but to all of those you interact with. Give it a try and see. See when this deep gratitude and thank you builds up within yourself, just naturally. It won't, it's not something you're going to just do artificially, but as you see all that you've received from a person or from life, and see ways you can give. You'll see how happy the giving makes you. You'll feel so good just to give, not because you want something back. You'll look at that person with new eyes. And if, if, and I'm sorry, or forgive me, is needed, it'll just come out naturally, no big deal, not loaded with guilt and remorse. Natural, natural thankfulness, wow. For the one who is blessed to live with natural thankfulness and appreciation, there is almost nothing more, there's no gift more wonderful, more powerful, or more needed in this day and age. So I thank you for listening today. Our podcast, um, the website is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. 
Please go to it if you wish to hear any of the others. We have all of them on the po- that particular website. Plus, it's on iTunes and anywhere else you might like to listen. Uh, there are also some wonderful audiobooks available. One is called The Anger Diet, and one is called Fearless. These are very, very useful in, in washing anger and fear out of our systems. Again, many ways and tools to, to use to do that with. And I am going to be offering an all-day workshop on October 21st in Manhattan called Worry Free. (laughs) No more worrying. And it's about releasing and renewing our lives, reclaiming our true selves, and learning how to become worry-free and appreciate our lives so fully every day. If you want more information about the workshop, send me an email at topspeaker at yahoo.com and I'll send you a flyer with all the information. Thank you so much for listening. It's a joy to be here and to share with you and I hope that your day is not only beautiful but filled with joy and thankfulness.